This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a late night recording of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Joined by both Dan Eason and Greg Armstrong to talk about everything that happened quickly in night two of the NFL draft for the New York Jets. They added three new players. They completed two trades and added multiple more picks for tomorrow. As it stands now, after trading down in the second round and trading out of the third round, the Jets are going to have three fourth round picks tomorrow, a fifth round pick two sixth-round picks, and then an extra sixth-round pick next year after trading with our dear friends the New England Patriots. But that is for tomorrow. Tonight, we are going to talk about the three players they added to their roster. Greg, Dan, let's start with offense again. In round two, Baylor receiver Denzel Mims falls a little further than most of us expected. Most of us were hoping he could be a prospective target at 48 Jets drop down to 59 and are still able to get him. Mims, 6'3", 205, runs under a 4-4-40, had good production at Baylor. Uh, exciting addition on paper and everything we talked about all offseason about the Jets working to help Sam Darnold. What do you like about Mims, Greg? And then, Dan, why do you think he might have potentially fell a little bit? Yeah, I mean... He's got blazing speed. Uh, he's a big receiver. Um, I do like how his his ability to go up and catch catch the ball. I mean, he lit up the combine. He lit up the the Senior Bowl. Um, his route tree isn't that established, but it kind of gives me weird feelings of like Robbie, where he has the speed. Um, I think Mims is a better you know he's better at catching at the high point. Um, probably has better hands than Robbie did at that. At, similar points in their career, but a guy who produced um, and producing in a big 12 offense, it's, it seems very easy, but to put up the numbers that he did, it's, it's very encouraging. Um, and yeah, just getting, getting a burner like him to, and a big guy like him where, you know, they have guys like Crowder and, you know, Vincent Smith, which whatever, but just getting a guy who I thought was going to go maybe end of the first round, like early second and to see him, see them trade back with him still on the board at 48, had me a little bit worried. And then when he was still there, when the Jets pick came back around again, I was ecstatic. So I think it's huge that a guy like Mims dropped to where they were. They traded back and still got capital. Yeah, and I, I think that the uh, the issues or the 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 kind of like red flags or flaws that might have seen him drop were largely related to uh, his junior year. I think his sophomore year was crazy crazy impressive um he was yeah he, he was pretty popular after uh you know kind of going over a thousand yards having a really uh a big breakout year um but then his junior year uh really just kind of fell off a cliff after a little a few weeks um the drops everything that everyone's kind of concerned with he said that he had an injury that year um but yeah, it was it was kind of concerning after uh, you know he was really one of the uh, more intriguing prospects uh, that year for him to kind of have a rough season like that and then have to go back to school. Um, 
so yeah, I, I think last year he kind of built up his uh, his reputation back up a little bit. You know, Scott was a little bit healthier, um, put up big numbers one more time, uh, made a lot of big plays, uh, kind of showed that he still had some of the ability that he flashed in his sophomore season. I think the big issues were everyone's kind of concerned, you know, is he going to be consistent? Uh, you know, which version is the true version of Denzel Mims? Um, and I think that's why he he really fell. But I think, uh, you know, some teams did see the upside. Obviously, the Jets definitely saw the upside, but they also understood uh, that other teams would be less uh, willing to take the chance. Um, <clears throat> so they trade down and they, they, you know, make the best out of the opportunity. Uh, obviously, he's, he's super athletic, so that's something that you can't teach. You know, it's always good to have that. The Jets said they wanted at speed, and they definitely did that. Yeah, I think kind of similar along with Beckton. You're getting a ton of athleticism here and a guy who unquestionably has a high ceiling. I don't want to use the term boom or bust, particularly when, you know, looking at a guy like Beckton, but he was generally considered highest ceiling, lowest floor of the top group of tackles. And Mims, when you're looking at this, you know, group of second round receivers, is probably more in that kind of bucket as well. High ceiling, but potentially uh, a lower floor, but a lot of athleticism, and a lot of upside. So the Jets do what basically all of us were hoping they would do with their first two picks. They go offensive line and they go receiver. Then with their two third-round picks, they go back to the defensive side of the football. And in a vacuum, before we get into the players, both of these guys, older prospects, both of their positions, mildly surprising, starting with them going with Cal safety, Ashton Davis, although there is some discussion if he's going to transition to being a corner. Uh, I think initially this was a surprising pick. A guy with a lot of athleticism, uh, started playing football a little later in life, a guy who should be an immediate impact player on special teams. I think the question is, does he play corner or safety at the next level? And what does this mean about probably more so Marcus May's future with the Jets rather than Jamal Adams? So, Greg and then Dan, what were your initial thoughts and reaction to this pick? So, when it first came up and I saw safety, I was kind of stunned that they would take a safety knowing you know, that they have Adams and, and May, and we kind of talked about how they've been set at that position. Um, and then you kind of look at him, and it just seems like they're going – pure athletes i mean you saw it with back then the dude's a monster we just talked about mims and davis i mean he was a sprinter um he was he uh walked on at cal like the dude can just he's good on special teams the dude can just like play he's just a dude and it seems like the jets have been going in that position uh, you know up until this pick is just guys who can play football and i really respect building that kind of team around those guys because in past years, you kind of just pick positions of need just to pick positions of need. And having a guy like Davis, who I think will step in and be the Jets' primary returner coming in uh, next season, and a guy who can play safety and may be able to drop and, and play slot corner, I don't know, but a guy who's really, really versatile, a super athlete, and someone that I'm really excited to see playing under Greg next year. Yeah, I think when you look at his background, uh, you know, at first it was kind of like, you know, the 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 initial reaction for me for the pick was like, oh, okay, this is this is kind of weird. I'm not sure why they went with this position. You know, there's so many other areas to address. Um, and then when you kind of look at the <laughs> the background for the player, 
uh, it's very much wheelhouse for Greg Williams, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the, like the similarities between like him and Cashman in terms of, you know, uh, having to work hard for their spot on the team, you know, being a walk on at Cal, um, you know, just somebody who's like, you know, has the character traits that you would, you know, expect someone like Greg Williams to just love. Um, even his, his family has like a really interesting, uh, background uh so you know I, I feel like that's definitely a player that would attract greg williams um i think obviously if they've done any work with him or done have any uh communication with him they obviously really really liked it um because you know there's no way they weren't aware of you know the implications and like the um you know the the possible uh concern over taking going safety you know uh, at this point um and uh yeah obviously they definitely have some some kind of specific plan for him, whether it is going to be kind of deploying him in sub packages uh, as a corner um, or, you know, just fi him finding his way onto the field. There's no way they're going to have him, uh, you know, kind of sit on the sideline for a year and wait for Marcus May's contract to run out. They're definitely going to be putting him on the field. Um, so it, it's going to be really interesting to see what Greg Williams has in mind for next year. Um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think none of us truly like know for sure what it's going to be. Uh, but like Greg's saying, like th the things we do know are that he's a crazy athlete. Um, and it seems like that they're really emphasizing, you know, something that ironically Todd Bowles was starting to say that they needed to emphasize towards the end of his time with the Jets, which is team speed on both sides of the ball. Final pick of the night, the Jets stay on the defensive side. Uh, for a, I think this is the fourth time in the past five years where in the third round they've looked to try to address edge rusher for the second year in a row. They go back to the well uh, at Florida, uh, picking up uh, Jabari Zungai, who is a guy with a ton of athleticism, probably much more so than some of their recent third round swings, particularly when I think of guys like Malden and Jenkins but a player who struggled with injuries, particularly last year, and uh, just having consistent production. But again, along with some of these other picks, an athlete and a guy who should have a pretty high ceiling, but again, might have a pretty low floor. I, It was surprising to see them go this route with guys like Cushenberry uh, still on the board. I think Ed Edwards was still on the board when this happened, but we know edge rusher is still something that needs to be addressed. Jordan Jenkins is on a one-year contract. Terrell Basham is on a one-year contract. Still, I think, a mildly surprising move overall. And I'm a little surprised it evened out being two picks offense, two picks defense. But look, that's how the board broke. And the Jets have six more swings to take tomorrow, uh, potentially, to look at interior offensive line and another look at receiver or running back. Uh, what were your guys' initial thoughts on this pick before we wrap? So I was kind of – I'm glad that they addressed edge. You know, if, they, if this was a position that they were going to address with this pick, I'm not too stoked about them taking Zuniga over a guy like Bradley Ine, who's still on the board. Um, like you were saying, he's an athlete. I mean, his teammates have described him as, like, just a freak. Um, but he's really, really raw. And I don't know where he fits in well with this Jets defense. I don't know if he's – going to be used more as a stand-up kind of guy or if he's going to be a 4-3 end. Um, I heard some people saying that he could slide inside and you know, put on some pounds and slide inside, but that doesn't make much sense considering the Jets have 
60 billion defensive linemen on the roster right now. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how he develops under Greg because we saw, I, I don't think the, the comparisons to polite are, are fair. I think these are two completely different players and they're two completely different people. Um, as like working out and football wise and commitment wise. Um, I think Zuniga has the tools um, still a super raw player, but I think, and I wrote about this in my initial reaction. I think it's going to be one of those things where Greg kind of gives him a, a short leash to begin with and see what he can do. And then he's going to have to, you know, develop, develop some of his pass rush skills. He doesn't have very good bend, um, but if he develops more, he's going to be seeing more time. And I think it's one of those things to go along the lines with the the first three picks in this draft. It's the floor is pretty low, but if he develops right and if the Jets believe that their coaching staff currently can develop him, he could be a pretty stable edge rusher for the Jets for a couple of years. Yeah, I was uh, very similar to Greg. I definitely thought that a nine was uh, kind of a better option at edge. Um than Zuniga, I actually even kind of liked Grenard, uh, his teammate, a little bit better. Um, but I think Zuniga, the, the key for him is uh, people really like his quickness, uh, his first step. And I think that uh, in Greg Williams' defense, the, he, he kind of values players, especially uh, up front, that you know can get in the backfield, um, can kind of knife through the, de- uh, the offensive line. Um, and I think Zuniga is definitely a player that uh, can do that. Um, he's, he's not, uh, I feel like the, the aggressive nature that we kind of think about when it comes to a Greg Williams defense, uh, I think Zuniga fits that well. Um, you know, the, the he's not going to ask, uh, Zuniga to kind of do too much, I think, um, in terms of, uh, responsibilities at defensive end. But, um, I think the Jets really just need somebody who can upgrade, uh, their ability rushing from the, from the outside. I think they're got some unexpected uh, interior rushing ability from uh, someone like Nathan Shepard last season and, um, you know, everyone else that kind of overperformed, including like um, Kyle Phillips and Foley Fotokasi. Um, you know, there's, those are all options that they have inside that are, were nice surprises, but they still have a lot of questions on the outside. Even uh, Jordan Jenkins is here with, uh, on, you know, for another year. Um isn't really that consistent of a pass rusher. So uh, he's definitely um, an upgrade, but uh, it's, yeah, it just seems like there were better options at the time. So that wraps day two for the Jets. Uh, As it stands now, they're going to leave this class with potentially uh, 10 players could end up being a little more, a little less, depending on if there's any more movement tomorrow. But, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see as we kind of dive in further with these players what their perspective roles are going to be. But I think all of them have a path to potentially immediate playing time, particularly Mims, who I think really could be a borderline starter in the Jets' three wide sets right out of the gate, especially if Anuwa is not healthy. Um, and then we'll see on the defensive side of the football uh, where those picks potentially fit in as rookies, although it might be more role players. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back with more coverage tomorrow for day three or more coverage today when this gets published. <laughs> and uh, follow us at turnonthejets.com. Thank you and good night.